Men and women live on a stage on which they act out their assigned roles, equal in importance. The play cannot go on without both kinds of performers. Neither of them contributes more or less to the whole. Neither is marginal or dispensable. But the stage set is conceived, painted, defined by men. Men have written the play, have directed the show, interpreted the meanings of the action. They have assigned themselves the most interesting, heroic parts, giving women the supporting roles. As the women become aware of the difference in the way they fit into the play, they ask for more equality in the role assignments. They upstage the men at times. At other times, they pinch hit for a missing male performer. The women finally, after considerable struggle, win the right of access to equal role assignment. But first, they must qualify. The terms of their qualifications are again set by the men. Men are the judges of how women measure up. Men grant or deny admission. They give preference to docile women and to those who fit their job descriptions accurately. Men punish by ridicule, exclusion, or ostracism any woman who assumes the right to interpret her own role or, worst of all sins, the right to rewrite the script. It takes considerable time for the women to understand that getting equal parts will not make them equal, as long as the script, the props, the stage setting, and the direction are firmly held by men. When the women begin to realize that, and cluster together between the acts or even during the performance to discuss what to do about it, this play comes to an end. Gerda Lerner, The Creation of Patriarchy. I'm Amy McPhee Olibest, and this is Breaking Down Patriarchy. On this podcast, when we say breaking down patriarchy, we mean it in both senses of the word. We mean we want to break it down, as in understand it. We want to study patriarchy as deeply and thoroughly as we can so that we can see the roots of this system and understand how things have come to be the way they are today. And we're not going to lie. We mean we want to break down patriarchy in terms of dismantling it. But we have a very specific vision of how we want to accomplish this deconstruction. Returning to Gerda Lerner's analogy where men and women are participating in a play together in close proximity to each other and interconnected with each other, if someone starts swinging around a sledgehammer trying to bring the set down, two things are likely to happen. One, the hammer will probably hit people in the face, maybe other women, maybe men who didn't build the set or write the script either and are just doing their best trying to play the roles they were taught. Some of my very favorite people in the world are men. My dad, my brother, my brothers-in-law, my father-in-law, my sweet nephews, my male friends, my husband, who is my best friend, and my son, who, along with my daughters, is the absolute joy of my life. I would not want anyone hitting those boys and men in the face with a hammer. So this podcast is not about women breaking down men. This is about women and men learning together and working together to create a system that is more just and happy for everyone. 
The other problem with swinging a sledgehammer around on a stage is that it just tends to destroy whatever happens to be nearby. If you're standing on a stage and you start swinging a hammer around, you might take out some lighting or rip up some curtains, but you're not going to bring the whole stage set down or cause the entire company to stop the show. So to us, breaking down patriarchy means breaking it down intelligently, methodically, and compassionately. So here's how we're going to go about it. If you've ever taken a class on the history of civilization or had a liberal arts curriculum in college, you'll remember that students usually start with humanity's first written language in Mesopotamia, like the Code of Hammurabi, then progress to Homer and then Plato and Aristotle and on through Rome, the Middle Ages and the Renaissance, then the Scientific Revolution and the Enlightenment, then the Romantic Era, through thousands of years of essential texts in order to understand the foundations underlying the way we think today. This is a really useful process, and we are going to use the exact same method. We'll start with the earliest human records and work our way through history chronologically in order to understand how things came to be the way they are. With that said, one thing we've already run into as we've begun our research is that as we study ancient Greek women, for example, we've wondered what were women doing on the African continent during that time? What were the power dynamics between men and women in Asia at the time? How about in the Americas? What about the Pacific Islands? We've also asked ourselves about the experiences of LGBTQ plus people in each place, in each time period. These are really important questions to me and to the women working with me on this project. And honestly, I find it really disappointing that I, for one, have never been asked in any educational setting to study these human beings' histories. Because of that lack of exposure, I feel unqualified to talk about these subjects at this point on my educational journey. So what I've decided to do is start with the path that I am at least somewhat familiar with, and that means Mesopotamia, then Greece, then Europe, and then the United States, where I'm from, including as many different American women's voices as I can find. After I've gotten my bearings and understood the chronology through Europe and the United States, I'll be more prepared to dive into different paths of history that are new to me. Every week, I will invite a guest onto the show who has read and studied an essential text in women's history, and we'll discuss the key points and takeaways. Like a book club, you can read it ahead of time and then listen in on the discussion. Or if you didn't read it, you can still listen, get the breakdown, and come away with some fascinating highlights. We want these texts to be accessible and for you to gain not only understanding, but practical information that you can mull over and have at the ready next time you're confronted with a difficult conversation on this topic. For our first book club meeting, I'll be joined by Malia Morris for a discussion of Rianne Eisler's The Chalice and the Blade. Eisler's book examines prehistoric evidence of a woman-centered past and proposes that these peaceful societies, whom she labels partnership societies, were overtaken by aggressive, warring cultures, which she labels dominator societies. These ancient roots of human social systems will kick off our series. So if you can get your hands on a copy of Rianne Eisler's The Chalice and the Blade, read it and then join us for the discussion on the next episode of Breaking Down Patriarchy.